and one of the biggest things we're seeing right now in the what I'll call the TikTok theology of I love um, TikTok so much. Right. More people are struggling with addiction to TikTok than, than, uh, than any of these things for, for dang <laughs> sure. Uh, but, but we'll make that a different uh, podcast. And if you're not on TikTok, save yourself. <laughs> don't, don't download it, okay? Don't start. Don't do it. Um, Welcome to the Purpose Podcast. My name is Rachel and I'm here with my husband, Zach, and we believe that you've been set apart for a purpose and that you've been designed by God. And we are really excited to have the podcast available on all platforms. So no matter where you're listening, you can listen and share something that might be helpful or encouraging to you today. That's right. On YouTube and Spotify and Apple Podcasts, wherever else you listen to it. But, is there uh, somewhere else you listen to them? I don't know. Is there any? That's the only ones I know. I don't know if there's anywhere else available, but either way, we know about those three. Uh, But hey, (laughs) so this, it it is right now as as we're shooting this and as you're listening to it, hopefully it is Pride Month. Uh, It is June. And so we're actually going to spend some time talking about that today. Um, And I know that this is a, uh, well, it probably hits everybody differently. Um, If maybe whenever we talk about uh, whenever you hear about pride or LGBTQ plus and, and different things like that, maybe that's a political statement for you. Maybe it's very uh, close to home because you have uh, family or friends uh, that you disagree with on that subject. Maybe it is unbelievably personal to you because you have uh, you're wrestling with some of that with the Lord right now, uh, with whether it is same-sex attraction, what, whatever it might be feeling like. Uh, as some people say, you were born in the wrong body or different things of that nature. And so uh, what we want to do is we want to dig in uh, in a couple ways. And if I could just set it up. First, what we want to do is we want to talk about our mindset on it. Uh, so before we talk about uh, what God's Word has to say and uh, how that impacts our lives and our relationships and things like that, I want us to start with how our outlook, how, what it should be. And, and it, it is, this is just honestly, and I, I know some people, this is, a, this is a overused word, but this is just a, a triggering topic. Um, whether you've got, uh, you know, we, we've wrestled with the, the target stuff, um, whether it's, uh, if, if you have kids and they're on any of the streaming platforms, especially Disney Plus right now, uh, it's, it is a, it's everywhere. This isn't something that we can or that we should hide from. Um, if God has an opinion on it, then we as believers have an opinion on it. We'll talk more about that. But um, really, and, and Rachel, I'd love you to, to let's, let's discuss this, but how I want us to start from, like where we start is we talked about earlier, you and I did in Luke 18. So whenever we process our hearts and our minds, our starting place, so that we don't start from a place of offense. And there's a lot of places that we could go to in what Jesus has to say to get to this framework, to this starting place. Uh, But in Luke 18, do you want to talk about that a little bit? You want me to set it up? Oh, yeah. Well, I think we just need to be mindful of our posture. So before we even begin the conversation, and I would challenge you before you begin having this conversation with anyone, first, you need to be near to the Lord. You need to be humble. Um, you know, I think it's really funny that we, that Pride Month is really, it says in Proverbs that pride is the way to destruction. And so if you want um, to 
understand God's heart for people and you want to love them well and you want to see literally like a nation of people come to know Jesus and to walk with him, first and foremost, we have to have a spirit of humility and we have to have nearness to God. And in Luke 18, we see this, um, Jesus is talking about the Pharisees and their incredible prayers and they're loud and they're beautiful and they, but their heart is in the wrong place. But the tax collector who is hated by the entire Jewish community. I mean, these are people who are stealing from the Jews for their Roman oppressors. It is uh, extremely contentious. And they're very, I mean, the Pharisees and the Sadducees are very open about their distaste for tax collectors. Um, I want to say, what is it? Luke 18, it's It's 9 through 14. And Jesus says in verse 14 that (laughs) the tax collector's heart was the one that was right with God because of how he postured himself before the Lord. And so I'm not saying that we don't address sin. We are not saying that we don't have hard conversations, but we are asking you to first posture yourself before the Lord in a place of humility and recognition that you are called to be set apart, just like Jesus was in compassion and in love. And so we our deepest desire is that, I mean, my deepest desire is that when I think about or talk about anything, especially something that feels very and deeply personal, there are some topics that are just more personal than others for people. Um, you know, I'm not really deeply, I'm maybe I'm more passionate about creation or not, but there are some things, marriage and children that feel just deeply personal. And I want to make sure that the first thing I do is I talk to God and I yeah. spend time with him and in the word, so that when I walk away, God can say of me the same thing he said of the tax collector. Yeah, and, and right there in verse 9, Luke 18, 9, it says, uh, to some who are confident in their own righteousness and look down on everyone else. Going back to something you said a minute ago, this is Pride Month, right? And what that means in our context and our day is where you know there are certain people taking pride in their sexual orientation or in their sexual preferences, stuff like that. But you know what's wild is, I mean, and, and there there is a mass percent of uh, Americans and believers who judge people for that. And, and it's a sin, and we'll talk about that. And from, from, from the Bible's perspective, it's a sin, and we'll talk about that here in a minute. But just something you said really made me think, like, <laughs> it's uh, this is Pride Month, but what more of a bind are we going to put ourselves in with God, which is what matters most, if we're living we're living a pride month on on the other end in our own righteousness? Oh, so like over and over, and we not, don't need a whole month for it. Exactly you right. just do that on the day to day, but we want to get up there with our finger and wag it at other people. And so <laughs> I, th- I think it's just an interesting. So again, going at least back, they're being honest about it. Going back, like what where where we're at and where we believe we should start, and and really this is twofold on the mindset that I want us to have going into this. One is it's not from a place of judgment. Um, you know, this this is a place from, you know, like Luke 18. We want to err on the side of tax collectors. And the tax collector said the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And that's where we find ourselves. But just, and, and it's not necessarily, I say, oh, this is like, we, we don't want you to judge, so be soft on sin or anything like that. 
Actually, we want you to be loving and soft and not judgmental for this purpose because Proverbs 11.30, and we'll hit this again at the end because this is really, um, it, as we talk about it, as we talk about God's perspective on these things, uh, it's for this purpose. And in Proverbs 11.30, it says, He who wins souls is wise. So if you are a believer who wants to learn more about homosexuality, transgender, all that stuff, and what the Bible has to say about it so that you can win arguments, uh, I mean, maybe this is heretical, but I think Jesus would rather you just not talk about it. Like, no one, rare. I don't, I don't know of anyone who's ever been argued into heaven. So, well, and if you can be argued into heaven, frankly, you can be argued out of it. Right. And so what, what we want to... The Holy Spirit is the one who draws people to himself, and he's the one who, sa- who saves people. Right. So, and that, so we, we want to have that. these conversations so that we can bring people to Jesus, not beat people up with Jesus, right? And so it says in Proverbs 11.30, he who wins souls is wise. The person who wins souls is wise. Now, why do we tell you this? Why do we use this passage for... Uh, to, to bring this hot topic towards evangelism, because uh, there's another group of people who you would like to know more about it so that you can win people to Jesus, uh, so that you can tell them that no matter where you are, no matter how you feel, whatever, that Jesus wants you. And so, and if you're like me, you think, I just got to know more, like I got to, I have to have more answers, I have to have more scripture memorized. But this proverb says that he who wins souls is wise, not who he who is wise wins souls. And so what do, I, what, do, what, what do we mean by that is that we have to get out there and have some conversation with people. And again, we're, we're going to get into the, the, what the Bible has to say about this, about this stuff and about the, the pride stance and all that kind of stuff. But I think that one of the things that I so desperately pray that we walk away with is, number one, that we have a soft, humble heart, not a judgmental heart. And because Jesus is clear, you know, we will receive the same judgment that we put on others. Uh, and so <laughs> a lot of us would do what well to lo- uh, lower that threshold. But also, we want to be able to love and witness to these people. And so, and th- it's not about having the right answers. It's about having proximity and love for people. That's what's going to help us get there. That's what's going to help us honor God in this space, not having all the right answers or being able to prove somebody wrong. Well, and we will probably make mistakes in how we how we even dialogue about it. We're still learning. We're, we're still growing. And um, I would say walking in, very, like personally, our we want to walk with compassion and humanity. Um, and that is, we're learning how to do that well sometimes, you know. So there are uh, groups of people, you know, single moms. And my, um, you know, I, my sister is a single mom. And I, I didn't understand how much compassion and support and resources a single mom really needed until there was one deeply connected to my life. And so I would just like, as we don't have this conversation perfectly, but we're going to continue to have the conversation and learn and grow and get better. And I just want to encourage you that it's not about having the conversation perfectly. It's about starting to have it. And uh, I would say that as, and this is my personal opinion, that 
the church in general has not always been very good at having hard conversations. Um, and there's a lot of reasons for that, but we want to be a place, Zach and I want to be a place where it's okay to have hard conversations, to ask hard questions, to find the answers. And for you, like part of your purpose as you walk with the Lord is being someone that when someone has a question, they can ask a hard question of you and you are not afraid because you've not been given a spirit of fear, but one of love, power, and a sound mind. And because you continue to say, hey, I may not know the answer to that, but I'm happy to learn with you and to walk with you. That posture of humility just gives us an abundance of grace as we learn how to do these things. Yeah, and, ju- and just to really um, bolster the culture we want to build here, uh, you know, Rachel said, hey, the church hasn't been great about having hard conversations. And, and I would say this, I think the church does a good job, uh, well, at, we really know our context best at, at Faith Promise, but we do a good job of preaching hard sermons, right? Uh, because me or dad or whoever is preaching, they'll spend, we'll spend hours like preparing and nuancing all that kind of stuff. Uh, but in, in the culture that we've built in the American church, a lot of times we try to bring people to come hear someone, uh, a man or woman teach on a subject, and it's a hard subject. And the person is ready and prepared, but transformation that the Holy Spirit brings, we see biblically, we see in church history, that a lot of that does happen over dinner tables and coffee tables. And so part of the reason we're even talking about this is so that you, to really encourage you to win your world, to step into these hard conversations, you won't have all the answers. So let me give you, and and here, before we jump into well, can I, it is very different sitting down knee to knee with someone and preaching at someone. Those are two different things. So just as we post, like, again, like your posture, what are, when you sit down to think about hard things, not just, not just um, homosexuality or not just the transgender movement, but when you think about hard, difficult situations, are you walking in to preach at someone? Are you going in to sit down knee to knee with another person that God created and loves deeply? And are you willing to learn from them, and figure out what's even going on before you walk in with your prepared sermon. Right. Sorry, and I, I just... Well, and that yeah, you're, is, it, you've got an aggressive tone about you I right didn't now. mean to. I'm sorry. But I, Sometimes it happens. I'm just I, real passionate <laughs> about it. But again, I, I really, from the people that I'm around right now, I really do not see a lot of... To, to be totally candid with you, whenever I see people, believers with like an aggressive, more of a sermon tone, mm. <laughs> it's usually to other believers that they're that have the same viewpoint as them and they're having that passion discussion where they all both agree. I I see much less of people sitting down and like two opposing people. Um, that that's just not well, in person knee to knee. That's what but that's it's what very I'm, different on like social media. Well, I just but yeah I don't I don't necessarily see many believers sitting down with people or hear about them sitting down with people. Yes. Really, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have, like we should not like not be preachy and judgmental, all that kind of stuff. But for me, it it feels like there's just no conversation there with with people of opposing views. Because I would say even like social media is not or or message boards or comment sections. Those aren't those aren't really um those aren't really conversations either, but I think this would be a great segue before we jump into the scripture uh, part of um, you know where where God stands on this. Just to let you know, 
how we've gotten where we're at. Uh, just some context around, uh, is did we just come up with this, uh, or how we feel about it or whatever? And uh, I'll tell you, like, whenever I started, uh, whenever I, I was actually a janitor at Faith Promise, uh, I was 19, and I was talking to my dad about wanting to work into being a pastoral role, and dad told me that no one was going to uh, pay me to do ministry until I was already doing ministry, and so I just started leading young adult groups, and uh, and I would just lead young uh, guy, young guy groups, and Rachel actually the same uh, same uh, season was leading young women's groups, and it was a wild deal that actually for that that those three or four years that we were doing that before Rachel and I got married, uh, I actually always had somebody um, who was a homosexual in my group. Uh, you know, we, we would joke around that, that, that there's something about me that just, uh, attracted that. And, uh, and, and honestly, in retrospect, there was like, there was this transparency and vulnerability and, and these conversations. Yeah. And, and Rachel knows the guys that were in that group. And, uh, and can I be super candid? One of the guys in the group was the smartest person that Rachel and I ever met. Um, you know, uh, and so, and, and I'm, you know, we're not gonna say any names or anything like that, but I still love him very much today. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, when I say brilliant, like you be, can't even fathom beyond brilliant. And um, oh, man. so we would, but there was three guys at one point in that group, and uh, and those were some of the hardest conversations for me to be totally candid with you. I remember sitting with that particular young man. And uh, at Dangayo, which is a Mexican restaurant right near where the church is, and him looking at me, I think I've shared this in the past, but him looking at me and saying, hey, you know, um, are, are you saying that, like, I'll, I'll never get to have, like, a romantic relationship? I, I'm not interested in women. Um, are you saying I'll never get to have a family? And I just remember... Um, as a believer, like as a man of God, knowing what God's word said and knowing, you know, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, that God has set, um, you know, marriage be between one man and one woman and, and, um, and looking at him and saying, you know, man, I, I, I don't know what God's plan is for your life, but I know that you can't pursue those urges and not, you can't pursue and act on them without living in sin. And, uh, man, it really softened me. Like I, I can never stand up on stage and um, and just hammer people. Uh, when you look at those guys who just, um, you know, they 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 would use the term uh, they just want to be normal or whatever. It's just so is is and these guys loved in that season. They really loved the Lord, um, and to my best knowledge, two of them are two of them are totally have abandoned God um, and gone and and not just pursue those desires but just whatever but but there there was a very formative season looking across the table at people and holding the line and I think if you called all three of them they would they would tell you that that I love them um you know even though that I never said that it was okay or that they could pursue it um but but that just just so you guys know, like, hey, where, you know, where does that come from on this? Like, how did I form my 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 views? Obviously, from God's word, but then also from these relationships with people that I truly, truly uh, still care a lot about. 
uh, I, I'm not in relationship with them anymore, but care a lot about that. Um, you know, I don't know. It's just really formative for me um, in this in this space. So I don't know if you wanted to share. Yeah, well, um, I just was involved in a lot of the arts community. So growing up, um, lots of music and the creative community just tends to be a safe place for people who don't fit in. And um, so I've had several friends my um, entire young adult life um, who were same-sex attracted and um, some of them wrestled with Jesus about it. Some of them didn't. Um, They were all always, and we just had great relationships, incredibly good friends, loved me, um, you know, and those, they watched me walk very closely with Jesus and um, sometimes had questions, sometimes didn't. And uh, they knew where I stood and I knew where they stood and we loved each other and did life together. And um, I got to travel the world with um, uh, all different kinds of people who have had all kinds of different beliefs. And I ha- have always stood firm on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And um, but all of those people are still very dear to me. And in this season of my life, literally in my family, um, we have uh, a transgender woman who's a part of our family and um, love her, you know, dearly. We love love him dearly. And um, I remember when we were walking through this season at first and um, it was a very, like, we we're just surprised. I think sometimes people, things come up and we're just surprised. And I remember asking the Lord, like, I don't know what I'm going to do because I'm going to love, I'm going to love this person. Like they're, they're coming to our house. They're going to be allowed to be around my kids. Like this is. Which not, not everybody agree with that. Not everybody not would everybody agree with that. thought that that was wise to bring, bring. Um, yeah. To allow someone who lives a different life from you to your dinner table. And I would, um, and we could sit down and, and have a conversation about that. But we, I had sought the Lord, I had read scripture and I had studied and um, just asked the Holy Spirit for revelation. And this was the revelation that God gave me um, was that uh, I, first of all, had to be careful that a spirit of a Pharisee did not settle on me because the one of the first thoughts I had was, oh my goodness, what if they call the pastors of faith promise the friends of the transgender community? And I was immediately convicted and and the Holy Spirit said, they called me the friends of sinners and tax collectors and a glutton and a drunkard. Like your holiness is not determined upon what other people say about you. And um, the second thing was that um, when God, when Saul met Jesus, he became Paul and Simon became Peter and Jacob became Israel. And my concern did not have to be with what people were calling themselves. My concern was to get people to God and let him handle it. And um, that nearness with someone who does life different than you, who is not walking with Jesus, brings incredible compassion and patience and grace and mercy that you do not have when there's distance. And um, so I... I still stand on, 
you know, what the gospel says, um, that Jesus came to die for every single person. And I am confident in what the word says, that each person was created in God's image and they deserve dignity and um, care and compassion. And um, I can still say that just because I care for you and I'm going to give you dignity and compassion, I don't have to agree with you. You and I disagree. I mean, like we love each other deeply and disagree on a lot of things. Um, you know, we stand on the truth of scripture that um, all sex outside of marriage is sin and that the fall corrupted God's original intent for human sexuality in all persons. And um, so whether you're straight or non-straight, um, we have experienced the corruption, the broke, like what sin and death bring. And that by we know, and in our personal experience and the study of the word, it is not experiencing these feelings or desires that cause us to be sinful. It is the acting upon them. And so experiencing something does not in and of itself make you culpable to sin. It is what we choose to do with the desire, that thing we come against. And so um, for me, the what God really just asked me to lay down was my image what someone says about me, am I okay to be called the friend of sinners? And um, it is, to- I, you know, for me, it's totally worth it. I don't really care what, um, and to be frank, um, people who already know Jesus, you already know Jesus. And I love you and I'm so grateful you already know the Lord. There is an entire community of people who have been told that they are unloved and unwanted and unseen by God. And my job as a follower of Jesus is to look those people in the eye and remind them that they are loved, that they are wanted, that God designed them, and that he wants relationship with him. And it will be messy, but we're going to figure it out. <laughs> you know, all the stuff. And it's, it's messy for anyone who meets Jesus. And I, I think that we forget that. Like when you're far from God and you're living a life of sin, any sin, and what we've done is we've just put this one up on a pedestal for right now. We'll find something else to be upset about. And um, But I just, um, when, when you are living a life of sin and you come to know Jesus, it's messy. It's not neat and put together. And um, if we really believe that our purpose is to fulfill the great commandment in the great commission, then we have to legitimately take a step back and be willing to acknowledge and humble ourselves to the truth that God created all of humanity to be in relationship with him. Even the ones that you don't like very much or think are after you or whatever. And there are people who are unkind to you at your workplace. And we can, there's all kinds of different people who believe all kinds of different things and walk all different ways. I just wonder how much of our inability to have these conversations is wrapped up in our image, what someone's going to think about us are, and really that's its own, and that's pride and worship of the self. And so I just, that's how, how I've walked in this. And there's um, a resource that has been really helpful to me that I have really um, learned a lot from. It's called the Center for Faith, Sexuality, and Gender. Um, Preston Sprinkle, who um, established that and wrote a great book many years ago, but then um, has just worked 
to create just incredible resources as you learn and you grow, especially if you're a parent and you're walking with your child who is experiencing these things and they're sharing them with you. And you're like, I'm not really sure how to love and lead my kid. You know, this is a great place to find some resources for that. But that's how, that's how I get to a place of like, Hey, well, why do you even care about this? And I care because these people have these people. And I, I don't really like that term. That term is not helpful. People who have same sex attraction have been a part of my life for a very long time and will be a part of my life for a long time. And so it matters to me how the people of God choose to treat them. Right. Right. Yeah. So we just to reiterate before we jump into uh, just some scripture around uh, what God's word has to say about these things is we want you to start from a place, again, uh, Luke 8, 18, uh, not a place of judgment, but a place of desire that people would come in, into a relationship with Jesus. And just a, another reminder, if you want to be wise, uh, he who wins souls is wise, Proverbs eleven thirty. And so, again, we can't cover every facet of the uh, of the pride spectrum and LGBTQ plus and um, right. and yeah. the, the things. The I'm conversation out. is so nuanced and so big. Right, and so uh, I, I think the uh, a great place to start, and a, a lot of people have probably heard this, is you know uh, when, when it comes to marriage, which um, which I, I would say that marriage. Uh, you know, this is a maybe a silly way to look at it, but you know, there's in in like any sort of goals and progress, there's something called like leads, and then there's lags. So like, if I wanted to lose ten pounds, like that's my lag goal. So my lead goal would be like I'm going to eat a calorie deficit. And so all romantic relationships, if you're interested in God's outlook on it, romantic relationships are for the purpose of marriage. So marriage is that lag goal. That's why that's why romantic relationships exist. And so whenever we look, because uh, again, maybe you've heard this, we start with the end in mind. So when it comes to romantic relationships, marriage is is what God has set those up for. And the first time we see marriage mentioned, which this is a big deal, just to hit parents again. In uh, the we we believe in something called the principle of the first. And so we were talking with some of our best friends the other day, and uh, and the the wife was asking us, "Hey, you know, my kids are this age. When should I start talking about this stuff?" And I just said, "Hey, we believe in the principle of the first, and so we don't want our kids hearing about whether it's homosexuality or transgender or pornography or whatever, drinking, drugs, whatever, all, all, all the things. things. We we don't want them to hear about it on the bus or on a playground or whatever it might be. Uh, we want them to hear like what." the truth that we've gotten from God's Word, and we want that to set kind of their oculus meant to their mind's eye around these subjects, right? So that whenever they do hear that from the world, they they have a foundation of what God says about it. But so if we go to the principle of the first around marriage, which is the goal for all um, all romantic relationships, biblically, mm-hmm. romantic relationships, you don't see, you don't, you don't see uh, test driving people sexually to see if this if if, if I want to be in a relationship with them or uh, or one night stands or we don't see that honored by God at all in in the Bible right um, you have something you'd like to say to that oh it was it was a dirty joke never mind okay <laughs> you're also John you're on a roller coaster today oh, I'm having a hard time following you I'm so sorry. earlier I almost just rolled out of frame and just. <laughs> Just to let you go. Um, but when it comes to principle the first oh. around, uh, no, roll back in here. Um, if you're not watching on YouTube, Rachel, roll out of frame. Um, but in Genesis two twenty four, 
Um, it says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And so now, I, this is not true, but some people, you know, want to give more uh, more weight to the New Testament than the Old Testament. Well, in, uh, I believe, where is that at? Um, in Matthew, yeah, Matthew 19, whenever Jesus is asked about marriage, Jesus goes and affirm what's written by Moses about marriage, which Moses would have written this in Genesis 1. The Pentateuch, first five books, Moses wrote those. And so this right here, not, not only is it the first place we've, we see marriage mentioned between one man and one woman, but it's also affirmed by Jesus later. Um, and so when it comes to homosexuality, there's a lot, like, I, I really would say this, and I know some great men and women of faith who are older, they're boomers, or even beyond that, who sincerely would tell you, if you're a Christ follower and you're, you're wrestling with this stuff, like, it has never been harder to share your faith. It's never been harder to help people see the truth. That's why not only do you want to walk in with low judgment, no judgment, sorry, and you want to walk in with the hope of introducing them to Jesus, but you better be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because, again, right answers, that's not what's going to draw anybody in. Only the Holy Spirit can draw them in. You referenced mm-hmm. that earlier. And so, um, but the reason I bring that up is because, you know, you you could say something like this, and then there's there are multiple verses around homosexuality. Uh, and one of the biggest things we're seeing right now in the what I'll call the TikTok theology of I love um, TikTok so much. Right. Yeah. More people are struggling with addiction to TikTok than than uh, than any of these things for for dang sure. <laughs> uh, but but we'll make that a different uh, podcast. And if you're not on TikTok, save yourself. <laughs> don't don't download it. Okay. Don't start. Don't do it. Um, it's it's a real addiction. But uh, you'll you'll see things like when people say, um, and we're we're about to dive into it here. Um, but whenever people say, well. Whenever it talks about homosexuality in the Bible, that word for homosexuality is mis, it's mistranslated, um, which is not true, but that, hey, that, that word's mistranslated. It really means pedophilia. And a lot of that's in that, that Romans 1, um, that Romans 1 verse, Romans 1 uh, 32, uh, although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they, uh, they not only continue to do these uh, things, but, uh, but they also approve of those who practice them. That's t- discussing homosexuality. But I think a great a great deal that we want to make sure we hit today is that um, well, not a great deal, but an important topic is that uh, people will and we all we all have done it. I know I've done it. Uh, a lot of people when they read the Bible, they will interpret it through their desires and not through God's desires, or read it through your experiences, or you read it through your uh-huh. experience and the, the eisegesis, th- right. Exegesis is whenever you whenever you interpret what God has to say out of a passage. Eisegesis, it would be I. I read myself. I, yeah. So into the either Jesus. way, too deep. Uh, but what what I will tell you is, and j- just to press on it, you know, right now, like whenever you talk about, um, you know, like that, the, hey, these verses for the mean homosexuality, they're really for pedophilia. Well, and we'll talk about that here in a minute because that, that's just not true. Um, but honestly, if you right now. You know, I, I know I watched a video of a of a college classroom the other day, and a college student uh, referred to uh, somebody who was attracted to children as a pedophile, 
And the college professor corrected them of like rigorously at, like rebuked that person and said, those people will be called maps, minor attracted person. Um, and so I just say this because like whenever, whenever you start to eisegesis, when you start to just say, Hey, this is what I want. So I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm, I'm going to read in what I want to see here. You, you can almost always find what you want in the Bible. But if you use things like Blue Letter Bible, uh, things to actually like look at what the text literally says, even back to the Hebrew, you will see that God meant for romantic relationships, first of all, to be in marriage between one man and one woman. Um, and so... Well, and... and- you know, just to round out that explanation a little bit more, yes, the term homosexuality is newer in language. Um, in the scripture, it simply talks about the desire for um, the same gender. And so I want us to like know, like these are things that we need to, we need to know the word of God. And if I can just be the, the I have not always liked what God has said. And I have surrendered myself and submitted and God has transformed my heart. The word of God, though, has never one time lied to me. The word of God has always steered me into life. And um, if we will approach it, the scripture, like God's words on paper for us, um, if we will approach it with humility, we can receive and be made more into Christ likeness. And when we approach the word of God looking for it to tell us, for us to make it say something, what we will do is we will find ourselves not looking more like Christ. Mm-hmm. And our greatest desire, like we, if you're truly born again, you're going to seek to live out the teachings of Jesus Christ. And that is, you know, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, love your neighbor as yourself, and to go into all the earth. And those are the, you know, the crux of everything Jesus brought. And he is, he is coming back one day. And we just want to, when he comes back, how do we want to say we treated what he gave us, like the word of God? And um, are we willing to deny ourselves and pick up our cross and follow Jesus? Right. And and I, I'll tell you this, and then I, I want to hit some scripture on uh, like transgender and that thought, so you can not only study for yourself but have some conversations around it. You know, I I think well, what what I hear a lot whenever I'm in these conversations is there's a real drive and desire for freedom for people to be able to do what they they want to do, and uh, and what I would encourage you is that uh, you you have to find something to serve. So in life, you serve something. Uh, you serve maybe a political party or you serve uh, a desire, but a lot of us, what it comes down to is whenever, uh, whenever it comes to the pursuit of any of these, uh, any of these sexual orientations or a pursuit of pornography or pride outside us, whatever it might be, you're choosing to serve you. And so I just I just want to really encourage you to process here. If you're somebody, maybe you're not a believer. Uh, which uh, amazing that you've spent this amount of time uh, processing this with us. We're super grateful, uh, and I hope you know and feel loved. But you are serving you, and I I don't know about you. I know me. I don't want to serve me. 
I know the thoughts that I think. I know the darkness that, that, that I, I, I am drawn towards. And so at some level, something has to define what truth is, and that's why we point to God's Word. And so, again, something that's really, uh, really controversial right now is the transgender movement um, and the, the tr- and transgender conversation around uh, people feeling like they were born in the, uh, a wrong body. And, and this, there, there's so many things we could talk about around this, you know, from Matt Walsh's what is a woman to like, uh, there's so, there's so many things that we could discuss around it, but, uh, for time's sake, but also for clarity's sake, uh, I just say that we go to God's word. And so for me, Psalms 139, um, and, and this is just the part, uh, verses 13 and 14. And this is what God has to say, uh, for you form my innermost parts, or this is what he's saying, uh, about God to him. So for you formed my innermost parts, you wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows them well. And so from a biblical standpoint, and, and, and you, again, if you're somebody who you really want to lean on the New Testament, you go to Ephesians 2.10, you're his craftsmanship. You're made on purpose with a purpose. And here's what breaks my heart when it comes to the transgender conversation is that there's people who live in a world every day thinking that they are a mistake or that there was a fundamental foundational mistake made in them. Well, and if you could, for a second, slow down and think about what that would be like. Have have you ever stopped to think about the second you got up, what it would feel like to not, to look at yourself, and look in a mirror and what you think and what you feel you can't you you can't bring them into alignment and that is i mean and it's in its own lane a form of like lived torture to never be to feel like you could never be in alignment with what you see and what you think and feel um and there are it's not just transgender individuals who are wrestling with questions about gender and identity. There are men and women all over who maybe don't have a question of issue with their biological sex, but we've got questions about what is femininity and what is masculinity and what's toxic and what's cultural and what's biblical. There are lots of questions that everybody has and lots of things that people wrestle with. And so if we can slow down and look at what God's word has to say for us and the people around us and with compassion and empathy, just sit knee to knee and hear what is your experience like? And here I have, this is what God has given me and I want to share it with you. And that I just would hope that when we sit down to have these conversations or these hard questions are asked, that that's where, that's where we lean is in that place. I'm not saying that we don't, we don't say, Hey, like biological sex is an essential part of human identity and God created biological sex. We see it all throughout scripture, how important it is. Genesis and Matthew, there are, God is, is intentional in what he did with humanity. Um, and we should say that (laughs) and teach that and walk and live in that. 
and hold in the same tension the compassion and mercy and grace that God gave us when we were wrestling with our doubt and our concern and our worry about who we were. Because I don't know about you, but I've had moments where my identity was in question and it may not have been my sexual identity or my biological identity, but it certainly was um, I things about what I'm called to do and who I am. Mm-hmm. And I just want us to remember that that's important. Right. Yeah. And the, so these are some these are some biblical places you can start when it comes to uh, relationships and who they're supposed to be, what they're for, and who they're supposed to be between. Uh, there's a biblical foundation here for you to start on uh, around uh, around uh, the, the transgender process and that, and that God didn't make a mistake when He made you or when He made somebody that you love and you care about. Um, that He He really does have a plan, and this does come back to ultimately. Where is truth and what is truth? Because at some point, you know, whenever I was uh, I was witnessing to a, a transgender woman um, that we, we were just talking and and that was my question is hey where 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 is truth at like who gets to set that and uh, and she said that everybody gets to set their own truth and as we discussed it you know there there's some backwoods people who think that you know she shouldn't be able to live her life that we should go ahead that that she there's no way she should be able to walk around in public and 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 do all that stuff whenever she was born a biological male there's no way that that should happen and so I asked her I said hey is do you think that that's true that you should either be locked up or killed or something like that because of where you're at and she said no which I I don't agree with that either I don't think it, that we we shouldn't we we shouldn't you know attack her for for where where she's at but their truth she wouldn't recognize their truth as as valid. So all of us, in some form or fashion, when we try to create our truth or walk by a truth that a man or woman created, there's an issue because we are imperfect. And so whether we like it or not doesn't make God's truth imperfect. But those are some biblical standpoints I would tell you. And then, hey, really quickly, I want to remind you that he or she who wins souls is wise, Proverbs 11.30. And then if I could tell you one more thing, just to, just to encourage you, we did an all-staff the other day at Faith Promise. Uh, we, we answered some questions. Um, one is, you know, why, you know, we're just role-playing. Somebody asking, why would I want to be saved? And, and, and I would encourage you to role-play as a family. Hey, why would I want to be saved? Two, is being transgender not God's plan for my life? And then why do you think that, right? And then three... Like, how can you believe the Bible? And maybe we'll do a podcast like answering these in more depth, but but we just had the table. Hey, if you had to answer those, process that, and uh, if, if being super transparent with you, um, you know, I, I think a lot of people were challenged, you know, when it came to how do I be saved? A lot of people in the room didn't have a plan on how they would answer that question for somebody and with somebody, a plan to lead them to Jesus. But this second one, which is where our topic for today, is being transgender not God's plan for my life, right? And just to be totally candid, there there was a there was a I I don't know what you'd call it, probably a spirit of uh, of of judgment in the room uh, whenever whenever there was an answer given, and it really, in my opinion, degraded somebody who is walking in this. And so whenever we uh, when we discussed it as a staff team right after and said, hey, and here's what I want you to remember. These are people. These are people. 
And God and Jesus, whenever he said, or when it says in uh, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his one only son, it didn't delineate between challenges and issues and temptations. It, it, he didn't. Uh, whenever he says in First uh, Peter three nine that he, uh, that God is not slow, as we understand slowness, but it's his desire that none should perish without repentance. None. He did not delineate between. Uh, Pride Month and thieves and or me, he didn't delineate. He said it's God's desire. So here's what I want to tell you: our desire should be God's desires. And that passage says God's desire that none should perish without repentance. And so that verse says that God is not slow as we understand slowness. I think some of us are convicted that we are not having need to need conversations with people who are far from God. And if that is the case. God is not slow, as we understand slowness, so there's still time. If you're still taking breath and you still know people, there is still time to have a conversation about God's love and grace with them. Because Why? Because I said so? Because Rachel said so? No, because that verse said it is God's desire that none would perish without repentance. And as long as there's one who's on their way there, that's not okay with us. So we want to encourage you. Pursue your purpose. What's your purpose? It is to win your world. You've been given the love and the grace of Jesus in a relationship with him for a reason. So pursue people. Be wise as you win souls. We love you so much. We'll see you next week.